You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Sitting in my office with a plate of grilled bacon. Call a man twice just to see what was shaking. Yo, Mike, our town is dope and pretty. So check out how we live in the electric city. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So today I think we're just going to have a little bit of fun. I've got a couple different things teed up, and I'm just gonna, we're just going to do this one today. Now, as per usual, because apparently this is becoming a tradition, and I'm going to have to snap out of it before the regular season starts, because this is a little unacceptable, but since there's no football... Quit complaining, um, but but the tradition is I uh, I got a late start. It's already 4:20. Got to be done by five, so we got to rip through this quickly. Anyways, as per usual, if you wouldn't mind jumping in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. I actually just I forgot to mention it, but I started a little bit of pro- of a project in the Facebook group just for fun. Um, what I wanted to do was to just kind of have a list of who everybody's favorite Green Bay Packers are. Not who they think the best is, but who's your favorite. And we're going to go through the whole roster, because what else are we going to do? But um, so far, and if I would have cut it off a little earlier, Zadarius would have won. But um, apparently toward the end there was a big surge of Aaron Rodgers, so Aaron Rodgers is currently number one. I think Zadarius is going to be number two, but Devontae was catching up, so I'm leaving it sit a little bit to see where this thing settles. But make sure you get in the Packer and a Podcast Facebook group or like the page. Either way, it'll be there. I've been sharing it in a bunch of other groups, so I guess maybe you've seen it there. But just just get in the group, please. All right. What else do you have to do today? Let your voice be heard. Zadarius or Devontae, who is this, your second favorite Green Bay Packer? Or somebody else. I, let me see if there's even a close third, because I doubt it. Not really. I, I don't know when this is going to start getting interesting, because it seems like it's a comfortable Zadarius, then it's almost definitely going to be Devontae, and then more than likely Aaron Jones, which I feel like there's a strong correlation between who's going to, what order this is going to be in and who people think are the best players. So I hope that just is a correlation between best and favorite and not that people are just refusing to read what I wrote, which I know is a thing. It's amazing to me how nobody reads anything on Facebook. I'm not trying to be mean, but it's... <laughs> I, I specifically have to write on here, make sure you look at all the options, because I know nobody clicks on the thing that says 16 more options, because all the comments are, what about this guy? It's like, dude, he's he's there. He's in the list. You have to look at the whole list. Between that and the how do I vote, or people just writing in the name without actually... Cl- it's like, what is happening? click it that's how you vote on it click the the circle there 
Again, I'm not try. I, I know I am being mean, so saying I'm not trying to be mean doesn't mean anything. But it's just it's confusing, right? Am I am I alone? I'm having a hard time reading the room right now, because because there's nobody here. But unfortunately, as much as the Packernet Podcast Facebook group is a well welcoming place, there is such a thing as a stupid question in the group. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily for the podcast, but how do I vote? It's it's a, it's a stupid question. So anyways, we got to get started because I forgot why I was on Facebook and I lost another five minutes. So why don't we take a, a fictitious break and assume that there's 65 million uh, advertisements that are going to pay me about a $5,000 per listener and uh, then we'll come right back. All right. Talk to you then. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. And I'm rich. All right, so there's... Oh, I, ne- I never even told you what we were doing. To, well, you saw in the title. I'm the worst podcast host in the history of the universe. <laughs> but I like doing it. Today, what we're going to do... A great day. We are going to build a 53-man roster using NFC North players. This was a suggestion in the Facebook group. Again, I'm sorry I didn't take down the name. I don't know why I can't remember to do that. It's literally just copy and paste the name with the question, but I, you know, sorry. And no, I'm not going back to Facebook. I'll lose another five minutes. If you're in the group, though, and you really want to know, you can see for yourself. Please be quiet. I don't have time for alarms. So that's what we're doing. Part of the complication then becomes, you know, how many players per position... And it takes a long time because you're kind of just winging it and you don't know where you're going to end up. I think I ended up like two short, so I added a couple players. Uh, it's a little bit heavy in some positions, a little lighter in others, because some positions in the NFC North are just really stacked and some are just really garbage. And that's part of the fun. And, and let's be honest, this whole thing is is just it's just for fun. And it's kind of a fun thing, for, you know, if you're bored, like, just build one. It's fun because, you know, because it's fun. Oh, what a day. All right. So I figure we'll just go position by position, and I will sort of go through my thought process. I'm assuming, and I know this annoys some people, but I'm assuming as I go through this, I'm going to critique myself. Because I was on the fence, and what usually happens, for me at least, is something that made a lot of sense to me yesterday or the day before. I'm going to look at it and say, you know what, nope, that was kind of dumb, and I don't know why I did that. But that's fine. We're, we're, gonna, we're doing it live. So I'll go position by position, starting with quarterback. Um... And I feel like I'm being fair. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased. Ty goes to the Packers. But I feel like if Lions, Vikings, and Bears fans listened, they'd be annoyed. But for the most part, they'd kind of be on board with this. I don't know. 
There'd be a couple little things that would bother him, but you know. But with quarterback, I don't think there should be that much controversy. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starter. I've got Kirk Cousins as my backup, and I did decide to bring Matt Stafford along as my number three. I understand it's not really that necessary, considering Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, and obviously Kirk Cousins as a backup is a fine situation. So really we're just preparing for possibly two massive injuries. But again, I'm also kind of looking at quality. And to be able to build a team that has Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, and Matt Stafford, I kind of just wanted to do that. Because it's ridiculous and it's amazing. And so I did it. Um, Moving on to wide receivers, another one that's just completely stacked. And also, something else I should specify. This, what I did do was plan on if I'm building a team, period. Not building a team necessarily just for 2020. So I'm also taking into account youth. And the other fun part about that is I am bringing on some rookies. Rookies slash, you know, first-year players, meaning last year was their first-year players, not rookies again. So, for example, with wide receiver, Devontae, Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, nothing super shocking there. Um... And it, the, the, the cool thing about that is it's one from each, right? There's no Vikings fans flipping out because Stephon Diggs is gone. You got Allen Robinson, I think everyone would admit, is a good wide receiver. You got Kenny Galladay, who everyone should admit is a good wide receiver. But I also wanted to add a fifth, and I added Justin Jefferson. The first-round pick, a lot of Packer fans wanted him. I had my concerns with Justin Jefferson because it seems like he only did one thing, but he was really elite at that one thing and so I wanted to bring it along the rookie especially since he's like the number five and being able to have a rookie to build my team for the future you've got uh you've got some veterans of all different stripes I think Thielen's pushing 30 Devontae's like 28 Kenny Galladay I think is even younger I'm completely guessing but 26 27 and then Justin Jefferson I I don't know what is he 24 23 I don't know I could look it up, but again, short on time. So we've, we've got a spectrum. We've got a ton of talent. We've got a spectrum of age. We've got a rookie. I really like our wide receiver group. Running back could be a little bit more controversial, but I wanted to have a little bit of fun with it. I'm not going to bring along a Chicago Bear. Um, I could have, but I just didn't want to. So I brought along Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook. Again, shouldn't be a lot of controversy there, but I wanted to bring a couple more. And so... I'm going to bring along DeAndre Swift, who is the running back that the Detroit Lions drafted. DeAndre Swift was seen by a lot of people as the best all-around running back, uh, good running back, as well as a great receiver out of the backfield, which is a cool dynamic to bring along. Aaron Jones developed that ability. But to have two really good runners in Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook, and to have DeAndre Swift to be able to be the more receiving back out of the backfield. But I also wanted to add a fourth, and I added A.J. Dillon. Now, you could call that bias if you want, and that's fine. But first of all, we're adding a guy that has got Derrick Henry's build. If nothing else, I'm adding a goal line back. Because Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, and DeAndre Swift are not built that way. So even if you just want to see him as a goal line back, fine. But the guy's 250 pounds of solid muscle who's faster than just about every... Well, no, he's not. But he's he's got running back speed. I think Dalvin Cook is significantly faster. But again, I don't know that either. Tight end is a nightmare because the NFC North just doesn't really have any tight ends. So this is just, I mean, you can get mad if you want. That's fine. I don't really care. But the first guy, and this is somebody I've been saying isn't isn't as good as, as the hype. And I think at this point, he's probably at his level of hype because nobody really likes him anymore. But it's Kyle Rudolph. Um, and the reason is 
as much as he's definitely not an elite football player and never really was, again, I, I got to ruffle the feathers of the Vikings fans here a little bit. He is the only tight end, I think, in the entire NFC North that has proven he's a capable tight end. <laughs> there's just, there's nobody. There's just, there's just nobody. Um, and so I got Kyle to just be that guy, right? It, he's sort of the floor. So if nobody can step up and do anything, we got Kyle. After that, I decided to add TJ Hawkinson. He did show a lot of promise. He didn't end the year very well as far as PFF grades and whatnot, but he started off with a massive bang, and it was like one of those, oh, no, they got this elite tight end. Now I'm talking about the Lions who drafted him last year. Um, Very talented. He's one of those good receivers and good blockers. But again, he did not end the year very well. So we're kind of betting on that second-year jump, although it's still kind of a first year because, again, he was hurt for most of the year. And then I decided to add, we'll throw the Bears a bone here, Cole Komet. I don't think Cole Komet's going to amount to anything, but he was the first tight end taken in this draft class. So if there was going to be a great breakout tight end, actually this wouldn't be my bet, especially since he plays for the Bears. But he's not playing for the Bears. He's playing for this NFC North supremacy organization with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, and we will get to the rest of it. But uh, it's going to be a great thing. And that's it. I stuck with those three. I didn't add Sternberger. I didn't add DeGuara. Sternberger played like four snaps. DeGuara hasn't done anything yet, and he was like a fourth-round pick in a terrible draft class. So I'm, I'm just, I'm completely being biased if I had any Packers tight ends to this. Well, why didn't you add Mercedes Lewis to be a blocker? Because he hasn't even been good at that lately. The guy's literally almost 40. He's like 38 or something. I'm, I just, I can't do that. I gotta be at least somewhat unbiased here, and that would be ridiculous. I love Mercedes. Great dude. But no, he's not, he's not going to be on the all-NFC North anything. Then we move on to offensive line. Um, I only put three tackles in here. Obviously, David Bakhtiari is going to be our left tackle. He's been literally one of the best left tackles in football for the last like decade. He's just he's a freak. With my right tackle, I decided to go with uh, Minnesota Vikings tackle Brian O'Neill. The biggest reason is just his, his rap sheet. Um, as far as a guy that played starter, snap-worthy type, well, snaps, 967, right? He, he played. He only allowed one sack. He also just so happens to be a right tackle, so it fits very nicely. So Brian O'Neill will be our right tackle uh, for context, although he didn't grade out as well as Brian Balaga as a tackle. Ta- uh, Brian Balaga allowed four sacks on the season. So Brian O'Neill, solid right tackle. And then our one backup is going to be Mr. Taylor Deckard. Now, in terms of stats, not necessarily the best. He allowed seven sacks. However, he did grade out very highly, and he's a, he's a very balanced tackle. He's the best run-blocking uh, tackle outside of Brian Balaga, who is now not in the NFC North, so I can't pick him, as well as being a pretty solid pass-blocking tackle. Again, he did allow a decent amount of sacks, which isn't great, but he's our backup, all right? That's it. Interior offensive line, um, I did go with Elton Jenkins at left guard, and I went with uh, Graham Glasgow of Detroit. Between, if you look at every single interior offensive lineman in the NFC North, and I might be missing somebody here, I did look at current players with all the trades and everything. I'm not right now, so it's possible that I'm missing one person. But out of the, what, 15 guys that played, you know, a certain amount of snaps, I've got a filter on there, so you can't have guys with four snaps. 
Only two didn't allow a single sack, and that's Elton Jenkins and Graham Glasgow. Glasgow, whatever. But also, even if you look at hits, Elton Jenkins is just an absolute freak, because he allowed only one, which is tied with Mr. Kenny Wiggins of Detroit. So he's tied for number one in sacks with zero. He's tied for number one in hits um, with one. Hurries, he didn't actually do all that well, but he ranked uh, tied for third last. So, I don't know, whatever that's worth. But those are going to be our two interior guys. we got Elton Jenkins at uh, the left guard spot. He's got the youth. He's got a ton of upside. You know, coming in as a rookie, being able to do what he did, I feel comfortable with that. And then at the right guard spot, I went with James Daniels out of Chicago. Um, I mean, I'm just basically, and it's it's not just because of this, but it is one, two, and three in terms of PFF grades. Oh, jeez, I, I completely lied. I'm sorry. They got almost the exact same last name. Frank Ragnow, not Graham Glasgow. Frank Ragnow is going to be our center. They both play for Detroit, by the way. Is going to be our center. He did. He allowed two sacks, so I lied about that. Mr. Graham Glasgow is now a. Uh, center guard for the Denver Broncos. So he is no longer in the NFC North, which is why he is not a starter. See, this is the problem with doing this um, and forgetting my reasoning behind some of this. That's why he's not there. Backups, I've got Cody Whitehair of the Chicago Bears. The reason he's a backup and not a starter, Mr. Chicago Bears fan, is because he has completely fallen off a cliff for two years in a row. He started off as a rookie, phenomenal. He took a step back and then he took another step back. Extremely talented. He was, I think, an early second-round pick, but I don't super trust him, so he's going to be a backup. And then an additional backup is going to be Mr. Jonah Jackson. Jonah Jackson is a guard for the Detroit Lions. He was just drafted this year. Um, I wanted to be able to get a rookie as a backup. He was the earliest rookie interior offensive lineman taken of any of the four teams, so I figured I'd go with Jonah. Uh, That's why I didn't take any of the Packers guys again. It would be kind of ridiculously biased to take one of the Packers' sixth-round picks, um, considering all these guys that are all... I mean, they would be very low on this list. They wouldn't be backups for a very long time. I'd have to have, like, 18 interior offensive linemen before I'd take a sixth-round pick. But he was selected at uh, number 75 overall. So that's it for the offensive side of the ball. I think overall recapping this, this is going to be quarterback-wide receiver. Right When you look at Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Matt Staffords, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Justin Jefferson, that's just going to rip everybody's face off. Going to be able to run the ball fairly well, but tight end is more or less useless. And offensive line I feel good about. I mean, it's it's this is a good offensive line, but I, I don't necessarily feel like this is... I mean, there's probably just in the NFL better offensive lines than this. So it really is just going to be load up and launch it to your wide receivers. Anyways, defensively. And this was not easy to do. Uh, It's one of those things where I don't want to add too many guys, but we'll start on the, this is generally how I do it, start on the interior and work my way out. So defensive tackle, I decided to go with five of them. You know, the bigger guys, you want to be able to rotate them. I decided, number one, I'd go with Kenny Clark. After that, I'd go with Akeem Hicks of the Chicago Bears. Um, And then I'd go Eddie Goldman of the Chicago Bears, another good interior defensive lineman. After that, it was a little bit iffy, but I picked up a couple of the big boys from the other teams. I went out and got Danny Shelton, former Patriot, and before that, I forget who he played with, the Browns, I think. But the Detroit Lions, obviously, because he was a Patriot, they had to pick him up. Danny Shelton is one of those 340-pound nose tackle types. He's also 26 years old, extremely talented. 
He's had up and down years, but for the most part, he's just really solid. And I also, as my fifth guy, went with Michael Pierce of the Minnesota Vikings. Again, I don't think Pierce is as good as what they had. However, as a pure run defender, and he did have a down year last year, but prior to that, for about three years, Michael Pierce, elite, elite player. Again, not a good pass rusher, but as a run defender, another 340-pound just stuff the middle. He's a freak. And, and the, the, the cool thing about this, you got Kenny Clark, who, Kenny Clark and Akeem Hicks, I think, are, they're well-rounded, but these are going to be your pass rushers, right? On, on third down, you got Kenny Clark and Akeem Hicks with, well, we'll get to the pass rushers. And then, you know, goal line, fourth in, in inches, you're putting Danny Shelton and Michael Pierce out there. And Eddie Goldman is just a rotational guy. I mean, they're all going to rotate, but you get the point. So it's, 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 it's a mix. It's thinking a little bit about quality. It's a little bit about youth, but it's also, you know, kind of like the running backs. You want the receiving guy. You want the goal line guy. You want the pure runners. With this, I want pass rush. I want run defense. I want the whole spectrum, man. Um, as far as pass rush, which is next, I did go Khalil Mack number one. Um, I understand I've been talking a lot of trash about Zadarius. Technically did better, as did Daniil Hunter. But I'll give the man the respect he's due. Khalil Mack is by far the best pass rusher, maybe in the entire NFL. He had a half a step backwards as a year, especially stats-wise, not necessarily grade-wise. Um, at the same time, Zadarius had a once-in-a-lifetime type performance. And Daniil's just always very good, so but I'll give Khalil Mack that number one spot. After that, it's Daniil and Zadarius. I'm not going to argue about, although I probably should, because it's if there's going to be two on the field. Listen, if, if, if I'm being honest, based on last year, Zadarius is the best pass rusher. If I were to just guess, honestly, I would say it would be Khalil, Khalil and Daniil. Not just because it sounds good, but look, Khalil Mack and Daniil Hunter have been consistently dominant for a pretty long time. Zedarius is brand new to this space. Now, that doesn't mean he has to regress. This could just be, I mean, that was his breakout year, which is what they were counting on. Um, he's in the right system with the right defensive coordinator, with the right team, and everything, all the stars align, and this is just who he is. But statistically, I mean, even guys like, I've, I've mentioned this before, even guys like Khalil Mack have almost never had a year like that. Maybe he's had one year as good as Zedarius had. It's almost impossible to replicate that. So I'm not saying he's going to be terrible, um, if you want to look at a massive regression candidate, that's going to be Preston. Preston will be nowhere near as good as he was this last year, which is why everybody that's down on, on Rashawn Gary, like, dude, what? he doesn't even have a role. We got Preston and Zedarius, the greatest pass rush duo in football. It's like, no. Preston stacked a bunch of sacks, but he had a mediocre season as far as an all-around football player, and he won't get the number, same number of sacks, so, you know, I'm just saying. Needless to say, Preston didn't make my list here. But I got Khalil, Zadarius, and Daniil. Then I decided to go Trey Flowers because as much as maybe they overpaid him and didn't get what they wanted, especially as a pass rusher, Trey Flowers is a good football player. He was great with, with New England. He's not bad with Detroit. Um, and he also brings a really solid run defense ability. You know, Khalil is extremely well-rounded, great against the run, great pass rusher. So, again, if you've got a running down, you know, fourth and one, You've got Danny Shelton, Michael Pierce, Khalil Mack, and Trey Flowers. That's crazy. And then on the other hand, you can have Kenny Clark, Akeem Hicks, Zadarius Smith, and Daniil Hunter. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to mix it up. I understand Khalil Mack is who you'd want out there. Take it easy, Bears fans. I already said he's the best, so shut it. It's a scary combo. 
look, we got all off-season and regular season to hate each other. Can we just come together and, and admire the NFC North as a family for a, for a day? Can we be a normal, functioning family for a day? Goodness gracious. Then moving on to linebacker. Um, oh, you know what? I didn't finish. There's one other guy as a pass rusher I wanted to bring along, and that's Mr. Rashawn Gary. And, and it, you can call it biased if you want, but it's hard to leave the guy out. Early first-round pick absolute freak athlete. We know we've got four guys. If he if he doesn't become anything, who cares? But there's nobody on the planet outside of Khalil Mack that has the upside that Rashawn Gary has. He's the kind of guy you want to bring along to learn from guys like Khalil Zadarius, Daniel Trey, just on the off chance that he becomes anywhere near his potential, which means he's going to fit in with these guys seamlessly. And again, if he doesn't, he doesn't. Who cares? But I think it would be foolish to leave Rashawn Gary off this list. I mean, unless it just was, uh, you know, we just don't have enough spots or whatever. Anyways, moving on to linebacker. This is another group I just don't like, the NFC North linebackers. A lot of people disagree. I mean, I it, it's functional, but the top linebackers in the NFL just don't belong here. And I know a lot of, you know, Vikings and uh, Bears fans especially will hate my take on this, but whatever, I don't care. My top guy is Eric Hendricks. Eric Hendricks had a phenomenal year last year. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm saying that he's never been that good before. I'm saying he's been overrated his entire career. He finally matched his hype, and I don't expect him to continue that. However, even so, I still think he might be the best linebacker in the NFC North, which isn't saying much about anybody else. After that, I have new addition to the Detroit Lions, Jamie Collins, longtime linebacker for the New England Patriots. I think he's just a solid player. He's not elite in any capacity. He did a great job with New England, but I, I just see him sort of like an Adrian Amos-type safety, but linebacker, obviously. He's going to come in and just be solid. After that, I went with Roquan. Despite the fact that I've been trashing the guy, I like his upside, and I don't know where else to go with this. So we're going to take Roquan. Tons of athletic ability, and we're just going to hope that he kind of breaks out a little bit. And then after that, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm going to get my one wild card because I do want more linebackers. At least one more. I'd like to carry four. But I, I just don't like anybody. No, I didn't go Christian Kirksey. I decided I'd go with, with a little bit more upside. I went with Cameron Smith of the Vikings. Even Vikings fans are probably cringing at this one. But he's a fifth-round pick. He's only 23 years old. He ended with a 77.4 pro football focus grade, which is good. And granted, it was because he only had he had one good game. But it was also the only game that he played a significant amount of snaps. The only game he really played was Week 17 against the Bears. He had an 83.3 overall grade in that game, which is phenomenal. So yeah, I'm just I'm I'm looking for a, a young rookie type guy with a little bit of upside, and I'm going Cam Smith. I think he's only going to be sort of a run defense kind of guy. He's sort of your Jake Ryan esque type player, but he's also 6'2", 238. I don't know. We'll see. He, he's 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 another Jake Ryan, but that's fine with me. Because again, I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of options here. What do you want me to do? Take Oren Burks? Not doing it. So let's get all the way out of that disgusting position and look at cornerback, which does make me a little bit happier. Um, I decided to go with five corners. That might not be enough, but there's so many safeties I like. If we're struggling at corner, we'll use a safety. I had a hard time just keeping the safeties down to this many. Anyways, cornerback. I've got Jair Alexander. Yes, I did put him number one. I know that's going to make a lot of people upset, but it doesn't matter. Actually, I don't know who the number ones are going to be, but let's just go through the list. Jair, he's young, super athletic, tons of upside. After that, I went with Desmond Trufant. 
the most recent pickup by the Detroit Lions. They gave up Darius Slay, brought in Desmond Trufant. So remember, Slay's not on the list, and that's why. If if you have a question as to why somebody's not on the list, please Google it and make sure that they're still in the NFC North because you might be thinking somebody's not there anymore. Once you've already done that, then feel free to hit me up. Oh, it's already 5.04. Anyways, so I did go with Desmond Trufant. He's been a longtime player for the Atlanta Falcons, and he is just a solid player. Um, after that, I went with Jeffrey Okuda, rookie. I know a lot of people probably are going to assume he's the number one or whatever. We don't know what he's going to be. I'm going to bring him along because he was by far consensus number one corner. I think he has the ability to be the best of this group. You definitely can't leave him off, but I mean, he's not going to start until he proves anything. After that, I'm going Jeff Gladney, which is the Vikings first round pick. So at this point, everyone's mad because the, the only two starters I've got are Jair and Desmond Trufant. But again, young, athletic, first-round picks. We're going upside with Jeff Okuda and Jeff Gladney. And then the only other guy I brought along is another guy that I've been trashing for a while, but it's Kyle Fuller. He's got a ton of talent. It's just a matter of he's got to have the right system. Plus, I just didn't want to hear Bears fans crying about this. Bottom line is, he's been a terrible corner. He had like one good year in 2018 when Vic Fangio just built this elite defense. Immediately fell off again the next year. But stats-wise, he doesn't do a bad job. I don't think he's going to be just horrible. And if nothing else, we really don't have to play him. We, we can throw him a bone, put him on the bench, kind of like a Pro Bowl alternate. But I don't know if I really want him on the field. Um, and that's it. I, honestly, if there was somebody else I wanted to bring along, it would probably be Chandon, just because I really like his upside, and I think he does a really good job. And he's he doesn't get a ton of opportunities, but he is one of the higher-graded corners of the entire group, but I didn't want to put him on because everyone would say that's ridiculous and biased, but it, it really isn't. Uh, J. Ron Curse is also a, a pretty solid option type of guy, but similar to Chandon, he didn't get a ton of opportunities. So, I mean, there's there's other guys maybe people are going to like. No, I didn't bring Kevin King. Um, tons of potential, tons of upside. He had a great end of this season, but I just don't really trust him yet. No, I didn't add Mike Hughes because he's not a good football player. So it is what it is, and I'm leaving it at that. Now, safeties, a lot of really good safeties. Now, my number one and number two are just going to be the Viking safeties. So their safety group is just going to be our safeties, Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith. Fantastic duo. On top of that, I wanted to bring it along Adrian Amos because he's just a solid, steady guy. Right? Not a ton of upside, not elite in any one category, but he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, high upside guy, I'm bringing along Darnell Savage. He's got... He's got home run potential like nobody else. Although it's hard to say that when the Vikings have pretty elite safeties already. But if, there, if there's going to be a guy that's going to become Earl Thomas in the NFC North, it's Darnell Savage. He hasn't gotten there yet, but again, he's not even starting. He's going to sit on the bench. He's going to learn. We're going to see what he becomes. Um, I am going to bring along Eddie Jackson. I got nothing against Eddie Jackson. I think he's a solid safety. But Bears fans, look, again, he had one good year, dude. He had a billion picks in a year. Everybody said he's the greatest safety in the world. Next year, which was last year, nobody talked about him. Why? Because he's just a guy. Um, And then I'm also going to bring along Tracy Walker. Very unheralded safety out of Detroit. The guy's solid. He's always been solid. Nobody ever talks about him, but he's he's very good. And so, again, our safeties are going to be Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith. We'll probably have a third on the field to play linebacker just because, I mean, why in the world? Would we want more than one of these garbage linebackers? We might have just used two safeties as both of our linebackers. I mean, Harrison Smith is a solid linebacker option. The guy's violent and mean. You could have Darnell Savage as more of the quick coverage kind of guy that can also blitz and do all that crazy stuff while we've got Amos and Harris 
over the, I mean, you can do a lot of fun stuff with the safety group, man. It'd be a lot just, I mean, even Eddie Jackson with all those picks he had that year, just kind of being a, just kind of leave him back there to, to grab some balls. Nope. Nope. Take it easy to get some interceptions. Would you, you know what? Just get out. Just, just go away. Um, I also went ahead and did uh, special teams, obviously, because we got to do this right. So our kicker is going to be Mason Crosby. Honestly, the only other guy in contention is Matt Prater. I'm not going to pick Dan Bailey or Eddie Pinheiro or whoever the Bears kicker is these days. Just based on the fact, if you just look at extra points, for example, Mason Crosby had the highest extra point percentage, 97.6. If you look at field goal percentage, Dan Bailey technically was a little bit higher, 93.1. But again, I'm not putting Dan Bailey in this competition. They both only missed two, Mason and Dan Bailey. Matt Prater missed five field goals. If you want to know what the problem is with Dan Bailey, the guy missed four extra points, so I don't really want to hear it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Bottom line is, the NFC North has had some pretty serious problems, especially Minnesota and Chicago with kickers. I'm not taking a Minnesota or Chicago kicker because you're going to miss a game-winning extra point, and I'm not playing that game. Mason Crosby was 100% in the 0-19 to yard range, 100% in the 20-29 to yard range, 100% 11-of-11, 30-to-39 yard range. He missed one kick, 7-of-8 in the 40-to-49 yard range. He was 1-of-2 in the 50-plus yard range. Now, if, it's a, if I could, I'd bring along two kickers, and if it's a 50-plus yard kick, I'd bring along probably Matt Prater. The guy was 7-of-8. Dan Bailey was also 3-of-3. Three three. Pinheiro was 2-of-2. Two two. Everybody's pretty solid outside of 50. Mason Crosby being 50% isn't great, but outside of that, Mason Crosby's the guy. Which, if you if you haven't noticed, most of the kicks aren't 50-yard kicks. I mean, again, look at Mason Crosby. 41 extra points he kicked, 11 in the 30-yard range, 8 in the 40-yard range, 2 in the 50-yard range. So I'm not as worried about that. Punting is really just down to J.K. Scott and Britton, uh, Britton Colquitt. Britton Colquitt did have uh, higher yards per attempt, net yards couple other things I don't care about, but I am going to go with J.K. Scott. Much higher upside. The guy's got a ridiculous leg. Uh, 66 yards was his long. Britton Colquitt was only 59. He did have a higher PFF grade. Again, tie goes to J.K. Scott. They were pretty similar. The hang time, 446 compared to 447. Britton Colquitt was one hundredth of a second higher, longer in the air. J.K. Scott had 10 kicks down inside the 20-yard line. Britton Colquitt had 9. I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. J.K. Scott had 33, Britton Colquitt had 24. So, anyways, J.K. Scott is going to be the guy. And then I added two other guys. These are going to be specialists. They are, are well, excuse me, long snapper is uh, Patrick Scales. Who cares? The only positive-graded long snapper in the entire NFC North. Uh, that is the Bears long snapper, by the way. But uh, return men, since we're just going to be dominant in every category, except linebacker and tight end. I wanted to have a good kick returner and a good punt returner. So for kick returner, I'm going to go with Cordero Patterson, who is still with the Chicago Bears. Obviously, the guy's very talented, but we just can't seem to find a good use for him. This would be a good use for him. Great kick returner. Punt returner. This one was tough because the easy way out of this would be to just say Tariq Cohen, and I don't think anybody would be mad at me. Everybody knows he's a short, shifty little guy. Seems perfect for punt return. He had the most punt return yards of anybody in the NFC North, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to go with Chicago, or excuse me, Detroit Lions cornerback Jamal Agnew. Fact of the matter is he had less attempts than Tariq Cohen, but yards per attempt, they were both at 9.2, so that was a tie. 
And despite having less returns, Jamal Agnew is the only guy in the NFC North that did have a returned touchdown. In 19 attempts, he had a touchdown. Tariq Cohen had 33 attempts, no touchdowns. So going with Jamal Agnew. Anyways, I got to hurry and get out of here. I'm way over time. That is my NFC North roster. Feel free to hit me up with your critiques. I'm sure there are plenty. I'm sure I also forgot a few things, so that's all right. It happens. But you folks have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.